This is the story of writing for September 5th, 2023. I'm your host, John Brown. On this day in 1661, the French superintendent of finance, Nicolas Fouquet, was arrested for embezzling funds from the coffers of King Louis XIV. Fouquet was taken into custody by the captain of the French musketeers, Charles de Batz de Castlemore d'Artagnan. It was D'Artagnan's memoirs that inspired Alexander Dumas to write The Three Musketeers. Funny thing, though, D'Artagnan's memoirs were written nearly 30 years after his death by Gaetien de Courtilles de Sandres. Both authors dramatized or greatly embellished D'Artagnan's exploits. The overtly flamboyant character in all this was Fouquet, the French finance minister. He loved everything grand, including architecture. And it was Fouquet who hired the best architects to design and build his home. When it was done, he held an extravagant feast where every guest was given a horse. King Louis XIV felt upstaged by the house and the event. Though Fouquet came from a wealthy family, the king presumed his finance minister could only have one-upped him by stealing from the royal treasury. Fouquet was thrown into prison until his death, 19 years later. And it was on this day in 1698 that the Tsar of Russia, Peter I, imposed a tax on beards. Yes, facial hair. Peasants were exempt from the tax. So were clergy. That left the nobility. The tax was essentially a message to royals. Shave your face so you won't embarrass the Tsar by being the only European nobles with chin whiskers. On September 5, 1839, the United Kingdom declared war on the Qing Dynasty of China. Officials in China were enforcing a ban on sales of opium. For the UK, though, the drug was the most profitable commodity in the 19th century. British warships attacked Chinese Navy vessels in the waters around Hong Kong in order to open more trade routes between the two countries. The popularity of opium in the UK is a key reason Hong Kong was taken from the Chinese and held as a British protectorate until 1997. It also explains why, in the 1890s, two of the era's most well-known fictional characters, Dorian Gray and Sherlock Holmes, were addicted to it. On this day in 1905, in the U.S. state of New Hampshire, President Theodore Roosevelt mediated the end of the Russian-Japanese War. He managed to get Japan's and Russia's delegates to sign the Treaty of Portsmouth. And it was on this day in 1945 that Iva Taguri was arrested in the Japanese city of Yokohama. The Japanese-American woman is better known as the wartime radio propagandist Tokyo Rose. She was imprisoned a year while the Federal Bureau of Investigation and staffers under U.S. General Douglas MacArthur tried to build a case, but couldn't find any evidence of wrongdoing. Then, released American and Australian prisoners of war came forward to admit that they had helped write Taguri's scripts, and that she had done nothing wrong. Federal authorities decided the evidence they had did not merit her prosecution or imprisonment, and she was released. Soon after, she sought permission to return to the United States, where she was born and where she wanted to give birth. Opposition to Taguri's return required her to stay in Japan, where her child died shortly after birth. New testimony led U.S. authorities to reopen her case and charge her with treason. In San Francisco, California, she was tried, found guilty, ordered to pay a $10,000 fine, sentenced to 10 years in prison, and had her U.S. citizenship revoked. 
Years later, an investigative reporter with the Chicago Tribune found that FBI agents threatened the witnesses to testify against Taguri. The witnesses admitted that they perjured themselves, and U.S. President Gerald R. Ford pardoned Taguri, which restored her citizenship. It is the birthday of the man who wrote, Childhood does not exist to serve the national economy. In a healthy nation, it should be the other way around. American sociologist, author, and educator Jonathan Kozol was born on this day in 1936. He may be best known for his many books on public education and the state of equality for children, no matter the wealth or impoverishment within their school district. Today's reading is from Kozol's Savage Inequalities, Children in America's Schools, published in 1991. Phone calls aired on several radio stations voice a raw contempt for the capacities of urban children. Callers and on-air hosts say things like, money will not help these children. But the same people predict the imminent demise of education in the richer districts if their funding is cut back. Money, the message seems to be, is crucial to rich districts but will be of little difference to the poor. And that is the story of writing for September 5th. Thanks for listening.